Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hi, people. <laughs> Hi, everyone. And running the boards is me. Joey Dees is on assignment. On today's show, we will get some board game reviews from BJ. Yes. Vicky will give us her first impressions on a television show she keeps on yelling at me to watch. Maybe I'll get around to it. Maybe you will. We will talk about what HBO Max has to offer. And then we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. It's going to have our podcast, <laughs> blogs, and more. 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 BJ Geek Nation more. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. Yes. Hey. Many ways. Leave a nice review and you might get a prize someday. Yeah, we're working out like the details on that. But no, maybe uh, if you guys actually want to go out there, and since we're done with Extra Life, we can promote this a little bit more. If you guys... Give us a five-star review. Hit a screenshot of that and shoot us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. And what we'll do is we will send you a completely random comic book. Mm. Ooh, I like the random comic books. Included inside will be a little postcard that is signed by all of us on the show. Now, I was thinking about maybe signing the comics, but you don't know how these comics are going to be in the future. Yeah, they may be worth something like that. Or, you know, maybe you just don't want us scribbling on your comic books. But we will get you a comic book as long as you give us a five-star review. How about that? Yeah, it's not bribery. It's more extortion. <laughs> So there you go. How about that? It's pretty much bribery. All right, and I, fine. You know what? I'm not above bribing people to get some five-star reviews on the old uh, Apple podcast. That's what it's all about, kids. <laughs> BJ, one thing you're all about is board games. I mean, board you, games. it's like one of those things that you maybe have just done over the past weekend for, you know, 25 straight hours. You would think after that much board gaming, I'd be sick of it. But come on. There's no it's way me. in that. I mean, come on. And thank you to everybody who uh, either hung out, oh uh, donated, gosh. did any sort of uh, helping out with uh, Extra amazing. life. Yeah, amazing. Uh, obviously, Zulus, the Omega Gamers, Think 12 Games, Vicky, Joey D's. Uh, honestly, they were, um, I mean, all I all I do is just show up and, you know, Vicky go, here, here's a mob hat, put the mob hat on, you'll be, and talk like the Godfather. I mean, that's really all I got to do. And again, like you mentioned, Zulu, special thanks to them and just everything they do. They're a pillar of the community and the gaming community in the Pacific Northwest, and they hit some stuff uh, back in the day. They had some issues with someone breaking into their, into their store, Yeah, and it went viral. Like it went across like national news with what happened and, uh, you know, stuff like that kind of sucks, but they've been able to bounce back. They've oh, been helping dude. out the community yeah. in every way that they possibly can. It's their second bounce back, you know. Really? Their first bounce back was basically a, a, a ton of buildings in their downtown You're burned right. down. Yeah. And theirs would have also burned down, but Matt, the owner, was like, look, man, this isn't going to happen. And so he basically became his own his own fireman. Wow. Yeah, he, was just like, he was a firefighter himself and saved everything because that was his bread and butter. And, and now BJ almost every week goes down or goes up to uh, Zulu's and oh yeah. uh, board games his butt off. They literally are your FLGS. They are a super friendly local game store. They've expanded. They continue to expand. Uh, it is a great place. And all of the folks that work there are super awesome. they got great chow. And uh, I, I mean, at that point, you know, you understand why you want to support your local game store. Sure, it's convenient to buy games online. Mm-hmm. But I look at it this way. I don't care if I'm paying more. I mean, these guys give me a great family-like experience when I go there. Mm-hmm. I will pay a few dollars more to buy a game off them. 
them. Yeah. And usually I really don't because their prices are really competitive. Yeah. And shop um, shop local wherever you're at. Like find your local comic book store, your gaming store, and support them because these are the people out there that love games just as much as you do. So good. And they, they can get anything you want. And uh, <laughs> it's a great community. They're good people. What are some of the board games you've been playing? Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm Kickstarter. I'm Kickstarter Kenny over here. Oh, and, gosh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love space themes. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a worker placement, and people do love the worker placement. <laughs> uh, there was a game, I think it was either Australia or New Zealand, and I know that both of those places sometimes don't like to be confused, and my apologies. You're correct. Uh, but uh, it's called Circadian First Light, and I don't know how available this game is. Uh, cool Stuff says they got it in stock, so never mind. You, All right. Uh, this was a Kickstarter game that I just looked at and thought I loved. It's got comic book-like art, which is really cool. Almost makes you feel like it's a 1950s sort of style space game to some oh. degree, but it's really bright and colorful comic book looking art. And, you know, sometimes people like that style, sometimes they don't. But the theme was worker placement, which I just love. And basically, we have discovered a new planet, and we got to go down to this planet, and we've got to mine it for its resources. We also have natives that we've got to play well with. And uh, so this sort of point salad type of idea of placing our workers, which are dice-based. And so when you have a dice-based worker placement game, it means the value of your die, and these are six-sided die, determines just what you can do. And I love that about worker placement. Oh, interesting. Instead of just taking a token and putting it on a spot, and then you get whatever the spot gives you, like Lords of Waterdeep, where, hey, I'll get an orange cube, or I'll get a couple of, uh, you know, white cubes or something. In this particular instance, you will actually get yourself uh, the resources or abilities that you need based on the value of your die. So if I have a one, I might get one of something. But if I have a six, I'm going to get six of something. Wow. So that kind of puts a, a, a bit a bit more of a random element into it. Yeah. And then you have to use your strategy of where you're going to put those dice. And uh, this game rewards you for so many different things. And I, they call it a point salad. But this is a point salad where you can take different strategies. And I love this game because there's asymmetrical characters you can have in the game. Then you also draft these item cards, which will even give you more asymmetrical symmetry and help you create your engine right off the bat. It's like, okay, I see what I want to do here. Maybe I'm going to be the guy that upgrades my research base because based on the things that I've got now and I've drafted. Or maybe I'm the person that's going to go negotiate with aliens all game. Or maybe I'm the person that's just going to be harvesting all these resources. for. And that's what I love about a game where it gives you a, an engine you can build that will give you a path to victory that's different every time, which of course makes for great replayability. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I love the look of the game. I love the resources. I love how it's laid out. I mean, it really is uh, to me, I'll play this game all the time. I just love it. it and, and I will continue. It, pl- it plays one to four players. I love it a lot. You know, I mean, once you get, once you grok the game, yeah. it goes quicker. You know, but with any new game with a lot of different things to do, it takes a little bit. But, you know, again, if you have somebody that knows how to play, it makes it a lot easier when they can give you pretty much answer all your questions and not have to go to the rule book. Uh, also, if you, print out great, if you print out great reference sheets, which is always my problem with you, any game. You love doing that. Dude, it makes it so much easier. It's like, here, whatever question you have can be answered here, or iconography questions, or what does a card do? And as much as sometimes I'll I'll, I'll dog on you for being a little in too, too intense of a gamer, you are very you're very good at that sort of thing. Like you want everybody to understand and know the rules of a game, and then at that point you'll go in and you'll sometimes be a little cutthroat when you're playing your game, but you also want everyone to have that same experience of at least being in on it at the same level, getting in. And this really you need to play more games like this with me because it's 
it's really there's no real social interaction, and therefore, be, <laughs> and being cutthroaty is difficult to do yeah. because if you are okay. a smart enough guy with your own engine, I can't do much to disrupt your own engine. I just have to create my own engine, which is better than yours. That's cool. I yeah. like that. So yeah. again, that's Circadian's first light. Yeah, and that's available. It's uh, it's done by uh, Graffle Games and uh, or Gar- I'm sorry, Garfield Games. And uh, Cool Stuff Inc. says they've got it for under forty five bucks. So, nice. And there may be some other places that have it as well. Uh, I, again, it was a Kickstarter game. So the game that I really, really, uh, this is a surprise to me. Oh, um, really? Because, Rev, you know me. I am Dungeons and Dragons out. Yeah. Like, it's you not don't, because you don't do it's RP- a bad game. Yeah, you just, you don't do RPGs anymore. You want something that isn't a long campaign. Well, Essentially, you want kind of there's a reason one for and that. done. There's a reason for that. You know the show Stranger Things? Yes, I do. I was those kids. Mm. And I played. Okay, yeah, yeah. Really, year after year of doing that. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I role played like a son of a gun. I've had that experience. I want to try something else. And uh, so this new wave of board games, what they've become in the last 10 years, is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it surprises me that a game called uh, Cine Tempora, which uh, is, I guess, Latin for without time, uh, Josh, he went and got. It's got great minis. It's got great player boards, great resources. I mean, really great components. But he was like, he's like, it's a cooperative game. I hope you'll still play this with me. But my, <laughs> but I look at my buddies Josh and Sean, and uh, we also have our buddy Amber that we play this game with. I'm like, all right, look, man, you play the games I want to play. I'll play the games you want to play. I'll try not to be a big jerk and not moan and complain when we're playing and role-playing game. And, uh, you know, there are different kinds of role-playing games. There's the kind where you have a dungeon master or a game master, they'll take you through, or a game like Gloomhaven, where the game will be the game master yes. and take you through. Well, Sine Tempora is basically a sci-fi game where you're landing on a planet, ah. but you're dungeon-crawling the planet, basically. Ooh. You have campaigns, you have missions, and basically you all have characters that have cool powers and instead of basically having magical powers, like I am not the magic user, mm-hmm. but I'm the psionic guy. <laughs> so I have psionic long range attacks as oh, opposed sure, to yeah. fireballs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still a wizard. You're just a space wizard. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how they get you. Dude, I get it. I have to tell you, uh, I really, really, really liked this game. Wow. Uh, I, and I love sci fi. I love the artwork. I love the minis. And, and unlike, they don't have standees like Gloomhaven has, but I really like the system that you use to be able to level up your abilities and I thought Gloomhaven had a very clever system for like what's you know, what could I do on my turn mm-hmm. this game also has a really clever system on how you can be better at doing certain things and uh, for instance for me my character is so awesome because when I use my psionic abilities I also could go bat as crazy and really uh, we played a game where I was like look guys I need to do a, a long range massive blow them all away attack and they're like yeah you gotta do it but then what happened was is later in the round I went crazy and just let loose a psionic attack that affected my entire party oh no <laughs> it was, I was like sorry guys you it's know. like the wild mage oh yeah oh <laughs> it was not good yeah it was not good so um, this is a fun game and uh, it is they have got lots of things that you can buy to continue the campaign continue the characters you could spend a lot of money on this if you want um <laughs> 
And uh, I don't know where you can get this because this was a Kickstarter, but it's from Ludus Magnus Studio. Uh, Cine, S-I-N-E, Tempora, T-E-M-P-O-R-E. You, people may have this somewhere, maybe game stores or whatever, but if you like RPG and you love sci-fi, this is a good one. So I, I really wanted to recommend this because I'm not a, yeah. I'm not an RPG guy. No. But we have we have dates that we've set to play this campaign. Really? So I, you're going on the campaign? I'm like, wow, wow, they got you. They got me. And, um, <laughs> I love and, it. You know me, Rev. I kind of gave up on Gloomhaven. Yeah. Yeah. The, the real problem with Gloomhaven was just because it was how it was taught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did that, and not just with our group, you and me. I was, I played before with somebody who also didn't read the rules right. So I had two experiences where I was introduced to a game. Yeah. And we played it wrong, and it seemed like a slog. I've had that. And I that, mean, I've had yeah. that with games that, like, I, you were like, no, this game's fine. We were just playing it wrong. And I'm like, no, you're done. I'm I can't good. blame you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm done. And that really sucks for the game because, as you know, Gloomhaven is a tremendously successful game that it, mm-hmm. it deserves all the accolades it gets. But what, that's why if you're a game person, and you're really introducing somebody to a game, learn the effing rules because you'll ruin a great game. Make reference sheets. Print out and laminate things like BJ. You have to. (laughs) You really have to because you're doing an injustice because games like Gloomhaven and Cinema Tempora, they are RPG games, but they turn it on its head a little bit. So you can't make assumptions because you play D&D that you know how to do this. Absolutely. And that you'll be like, wow, this game stinks. Why? I don't understand it. It's not like D&D. It's like, well, no, it's good that it's not like D&D, but you were taught wrong (laughs) and that person should be put to death. I won't. Whoa, whoa. Listen, we're hardcore gamers. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Jettisoned out into the deep recesses of space there, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Uh, moving on from that, but thank you very much for your board game reviews. Uh, we want to talk some television. TV time! I did mention in the intro that Vicky has been yelling at me to watch this show. <laughs> constantly, constantly, Like, constantly. all the time, like, you need to watch, watch this. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah, Vicky's been, like, binge crazy for this. Yeah. I know, you've been watching a lot of new shows, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, I watched this one, and then recently I also watched Raising Dion. And, which we talked about last mm-hmm. week. And uh, The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, which oh, was perfect wow. for Christmas. I do not know any of these Halloween. shows. So you can go back last week and listen to the podcast. You can get our rundown on them. I think you might actually enjoy Raising Dion there, BJ. Is yeah. it really? Is it like, yeah. uh, it sounds like, you're, is it about raising a child? It's, uh, you, you've probably seen the short floating around for the last couple of years, and it was also a comic book. It's this mom who has a son who has superpowers, and she has to find a way to how to raise him. She's oh, a single mom. I like this. His name is Dion. And his name is Dion. But Michael B. Jordan actually uh, helped create this, and he's in it. It's really, really awesome. So go back and listen to that episode for more information. What's it on again? Netflix. Netflix? Raise Dion. Mm -hmm. All right, let me go put it on my... I'm going to put it on my plus list. Perfect. Uh, Speaking of Netflix, I have another show. Yeah, what is this one? Uh, It just came out. It's called Daybreak. What? And what got me, it's... uh, And this is how I tell everybody to go watch it. I'm like... Do you like Mad Max? I do. Do you like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I enjoy it. What? It's the two mish together. <laughs> what? They're like, what? Uh, so basically, the apocalypse happens and kills a bunch of people and mostly adults. So there's a bunch of kids running around. And for some reason, they don't know why the kids survived. Like, Because all, ki- all the parents turned to like goo. Oh. A lot of them did. The others that didn't necessarily get turned to goo are now what they call ghoulies. <laughs> which are basically zombies. Oh, okay. nice. And, uh, All right. They, they're like sharks in the sense of they smell blood, they will attack. They hear noises, they will attack. They are creepy looking. And they, they're they kind of like Pokemon, except uh, instead of saying their names, they say literally the last thought they had in their head before they died. Oh, weird. Oh. That like, can be really there's, strange. There's a, there's a sale on Lulu leggings, <laughs> Lululemon leggings. And it's like just them saying so it over and over again. Utter, oh, they uttered the, literally you? the last thing they thought oh, of. Oh, I love that. That's, so, a, that's a good, I love that concept. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's really silly. The story follows uh, mostly Josh, and he's talking into the camera, breaking the fourth wall. There's a lot of flashbacks, flash forwards. It gets a little crazy, but it's very much like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. My favorite part about this whole thing is that Ferris Bueller is actually in it. Oh, oh. Matthew Broderick, Matthew is Broderick in it. Yeah. plays cool. their principal. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but when you get all these kids that were already in cliques, what happens when the end of the world happens and those are no adults? and a Post-apocalyptic cliques? Post-apocalyptic cliques, like, you know, the Cheermazons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. You do have your jocks that are full, like, totally embrace the Mad Max vibe. Wow. Uh, I, do, I do love this idea because uh, there, it's been done in science fiction before. Uh, Star Trek had actually two episodes in the original series based on the fact that for some mysterious reason, adults all died and the kids were left to do society sort of a lord of the fly situation i love that i love that trope and josh is just kind of the outcast like he doesn't fit anywhere it's like wait josh uh josh with a big truck nope gay josh nope other big gay josh nope nope like he's just a nobody but he's looking for his girlfriend in the apocalypse nobody josh yeah and he ends up uh, getting joined by a group of misfits which is awesome one including his former bully wesley who is uh shut up wesley he's he's kind of a samurai ninja trying to take up on the code he's trying to be a pacifist now and not you know be a bad guy (laughs) sure why not and he's also joined by a little girl he used to babysit a 10 year old angelica who is a super genius Nice. Genius level with loose morals. Oh, she that doesn't loves, sound like anybody on this show. She sets things on fire, makes things explode, hey, you know. Mickey, weren't you a little firebug? Yeah, a yeah, little bit. A except little I'm, not a, I'm not a super genius. Uh, She's just, uh, she come on. steals the show. She is fantastic. Okay. Um, played and by Olivia L. Allen Lind. So what, what is the name of the show? Daybreak? Daybreak. Nice. And it is uh, 10 episodes on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they run... Uh, an hour long. Yeah, about an hour long. So, I mean, you're going to get that standard fare... Uh, how long did it take you to binge this one? <laughs> two days. Okay, yeah. yeah oh, not two whole days. <laughs> uh, well, mostly. Most of them in one day, and then I had stuff to do, so I watched the last three episodes the next day. <laughs> this, uh, I, and I don't know if we've done this before or not because I'm, I'm so confused, but you know, she just reminded me of another great show that I just started watching. What was that? The Paul Rudd Show, Living With Yourself. Did we yeah, talk yeah, about we, that? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I talked it? about it because, yeah, right, I love it. Good. And so that good. was, mm-hmm. again, you can go back to last week's episode when you were on assignment. See, I don't know nothing. But you yeah. did watch it as well? I've only watched the first episode, but oh, it's, okay. it, but my wife and I, we, it hooked us both in. We're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is good. It's amazing. I Paul Rudd is, I, I'm absolutely glad. I recommend that. I love that he does stuff like that. Uh-huh. Netflix has got some shows. See, yeah. I, you know, they may be losing The Office and they may be losing friends, but that don't mean they ain't cool. And um, actually, that leads right into what I'm going to be talking about now, because Netflix is not the only streaming platform out there. Oh, no. And you've been talking about freaking out about the fact that, you know, we've had Hulu, we've had yeah. uh, uh, CBS All Access, and yeah. we're getting more. Well, HBO Max has been talked about, and we're like, well, what is going on with HBO Max? I'm still confused, because I am an HBO customer. I mm-hmm. have regular HBO. I pay for it through the cable company, therefore HBO Go. I can do all that. Yes. So what the hell is Max? Well, according to this report that I got, HBO Max, if you do have HBO, it will be free with it. Yes! So you don't have to worry. Woo! Now, hopefully this is actually all true. If you don't have HBO, you can get HBO Max for $14.99 a month. Now, this is going to be launching in May, and they've got some big things that they got. Now, first thing yes. is South Park. They're going to have South Park on HBO Max. So they're basically going to have all the South Park episodes? All of them. Okay. And do you? Uh, I'm wondering if like next season will not be on Comedy Central? I, I don't know, or Ooh. if they're just going to be moving them after they're on that. I'm okay. not necessarily sure if it's going to be broadcast or not. Uh, Another thing that they got, Vicky, Friends. 
Yay! They're the ones who got Friends. They'll also have Big Bang Theory. Oh, and wow. for the little ones, Sesame Street and Looney Tunes. That's kind of a bummer that you have to buy to get Sesame Street, though. Yeah. Because I think it was originally just made for children. Well, it was on PBS, and then mm-hmm. HBO brought them back. And is now it old it's episodes, or is it going to be the new Sesame Street? That's where you got to go. It's going to be new. And that's the one interesting part on that end, too, because what they've said, and since Sesame Street went to HBO, I read this, that PBS eventually gets Sesame Street later on, but it's kind of like that weird thing. You're trying to teach kids, and now you're behind a paywall. So we need, a new, yeah, we need a new song. Instead of come and play, it's come and pay, or you can't go to Sesame Street. And here is an interesting thing, BJ. What's this now, buddy? Now, I don't know how much you'll be in for this, but uh, the makers, the creators of the CW shows, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Yes. They've got a project that's going to be happening on HBO Max. Now, there's not a whole lot of interesting details on this, but Green Lantern will be a part of HBO Max. This is quite an undertaking since Green Lantern has such a stigma associated to it just because of that movie. Yes, like the Ryan Reynolds abomination that it was. And at this point, there's not a whole lot of details. The only details is that some of it will take place in space. That's well, it. <laughs> and here's the thing. There That's is it. definitely a thing with CW shows that is a theme, and I watch enough of them. I've watched, yeah, yeah I've really watched all, I've watched all of them. I haven't watched Doom Patrol yet, but I've watched all of the other ones, Supergirl and the new Batwoman, and of course, Flash, Arrow. Uh, I, and, and, it's a lot about just young people, stress, drama, relationships. <laughs> it's always that. It yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. is. And the only thing I would imagine, since it's going to be on HBO, they'll probably have a little bit more money, so the effects can be really cool. Yeah. And maybe the writing will be a little better, because on some of those CW shows, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the writing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think, thank God for the actors, because I think the, depending on your actor, they can really pick up any writing issues because they can either ad lib or they really know how to be good actors. They know their character very well in yeah, that sort of so aspect. I, yeah. I, and the Green Lantern is a very cool character and I frankly would love to see it redeemed. And that's one of those things now. I mean, also in the fact of you're talking about the special effects, uh, it's come a long way. Like CGI graphics have come very far and they can do a lot of things that would take big Hollywood budgets that you can do on the small screen now. And HBO, I mean, if you've seen Game of Thrones, you understand that they're willing to throw money at stuff, and this may be one of those. So, kind of hoping on that end. Yeah, and you know, Sinestro is somebody that you know has a great story, mm-hmm. and if they get the right actor to play Sinestro, and, yeah. uh, that would be so so cool. And we don't know which Green Lantern we're going to get, but exactly, we don't yeah. know who is going to be. But they've got a so many so many decades of stuff that they can crib from. So I'm hoping that it'll be something that's successful. Hey, listen, it's just great that they're doing a comic book thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a perfect time to love comic books. I mean, it's I'll never. <laughs> complain about anybody doing anything in comic books because I have the old Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man throwing a net on somebody calling it whipping. <laughs> I'll never complain. Well, uh, you'll have to wait until May for HBO Max. Okay. But, I mean, there's still plenty of other things that you've got that's coming on. Oh, that Mandalorian thing will keep me busy. Right. But for now, it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Oh, well, first off, memes, of course. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> but, Reb, you don't have any plans on having any kids, right? Um, I have two fur babies, Dan McCarlick in the house and Frank in accounting. Thank you very much. Okay, not what I mean, but all right. Yeah, thank God if he says uh, no, because we don't need any more of that in uh, the world. Who, uh, I don't really want to share my toys, thank you very much. That is totally fair. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people in like my generation, even like the generation before me, uh, the Xers or whatever they're called, 
uh, they're not really having as much as many kids as they used to. I feel well, that's because mm. they're dancing with themselves. Billy Idol, Gen X, he wrote, I mean, that was the whole idea. Oh. It was just Generation X, he told him what to do. Yeah, like, I have a lot of friends that are like, yeah, I don't really want kids. So, if you just say, I don't think I'll have kids, it's plain and it invites arguments. Because mm-hmm. people are like, well, why not? Having kids was the greatest thing in my life. Yeah. By the way, like, that was an expert impression of society. Right. <laughs> but, here's what you say instead. Oh. This blood di- bloodline dies with me. Whoa. There we go. Because it's assertive, <laughs> metal as hell, and implies you're taking on a great and noble burden which allows no arguments. This Ew. bloodline dies with me. Wow. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so, and then suddenly the Game of Thrones music starts hitting off, and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I can say. <laughs> there you go. Like, That'll for, kill it, all that. Say yeah. it's hard to have children with my sister, Cersei. Oh, wow. It wasn't that hard for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so, annoying person on Twitter writes, you're not a Slytherin, you are 32. So, a lot of my friends... What like, does that mean? Yeah. So, a lot of people will say, like, I'm Slytherin, oh, it's because I'm Hufflepuff. They use it almost as, like, a way some people use, like, their astrological signs. Like, well, I'm a oh, Virgo. okay, oh. yeah. So, actually, in my group of friends, that's how we describe people. It's like, oh, you'll love this person, they're a Hufflepuff. Or it's like, oh, you'll get along because you're both Gryffindors. Like, it and just everybody knows it. what's going on with that. Gryffindor. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read the books, but I still essentially know what right. those mean. I'm confused, actually, with uh, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. I kind of forget, like, what their qualities Hufflepuff are. Hufflepuff is weird. It's supposed to be, like, goofy, goofy weird, yeah. but nice and sweet. So sometimes, like, Slytherins will kind of take Hufflepuffs under their wing. Yeah. Ravenclaws are more the studious students. Ah, because Tonks, because uh, she's appearing at ECCC, mm-hmm. she's considered the most famous uh, Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. Yeah. Ah. Oh, and she's okay. a bit of a mess. She's a wild <laughs> child and a bit of a mess, if I remember Tonks very well. Um, so somebody replied to this saying, the character Harry Potter is 36. So people who are 32 were in the exact age range to match Harry as the books were being published. They oh. probably grew up with it, and it was probably important to them if they're still talking about their Hogwarts house. Being an adult doesn't have to be a joyless slog of work and taxes. You're allowed to continue enjoying your childhood interest and playing make-believe as an adult. And it's perfectly... Yeah. It is a perfectly respectable pastime. You're welcome. And that's one of those things, too. I mean, like, look at it. When people do any of their fun pastimes, especially with the geeky side. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm playing make-believe when I play Dungeons & Dragons. And it's no different other than the fact that I'm rolling some dice and I've got, you know, math and stuff I I have to deal with. I can't listen to this and your goofy, stupid kid stuff. I have to go do my fantasy football team, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like all all the sports people. Hey, guys, guess what? You're cosplaying as your favorite uh, superstar. So don't worry about it. It's just uh, there's this little (laughs) comic someone drew once. It's this person just completely enjoying watching someone else play a video game, eating his popcorn on his his computer. It's like, why are you watching someone play a video game? Like, it's like, well, because it's fun. I like watching. And then the other one goes to the other room and puts on football. And I It's mean, like, why did you go play it? And Same one thing. Of the, one of the biggest arguments I have, and anyone out there who's listening, you can use this because it works. It's, I can't play at the level that these guys are playing mm-hmm. at, which is why I watch this. Because I want to see the highest level of play, or I just want to be entertained. People it, said the same thing about Texas Hold'em. Oh, and yeah, I would with love poker, to. I mean, yeah. I, and I can't play at the level that those guys at the World Series of Poker are at. But I love watching the moves, the things mm-hmm. they make. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on there that, <laughs> yeah, if you don't care about anything, of course you're going to find anything boring you don't care about. That's the idea of why exactly. something is boring to you. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, guys out there, don't ever ask me about my EverQuest characters because I will never stop talking about them. Yeah. So you might not want to do that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I kind of get tired when people are like, "Oh my God, you still watch cartoons? Aren't you a little old for that?" I'm like, for what? 
son, my dad, who's in his 50s, and I both watched SpongeBob together. So, yeah, your, fa- your father's a child. I just, you know, he's a disappointment. Oh, yeah. I, like, here's the thing. I have a mortgage. I pay my bills. I go to work every day. Like, I'm a freaking adult. Are you? Like, just because I want to, like, watch cartoons and be my nerdy <laughs> self and wear onesies doesn't mean that I can't, you know, pay my mortgage. Or you could just be a very advanced child. Something like that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, you're shorter a prodigy. than most kids. You're a prodigy. You're a prodigy. You really are a prodigy more so Vicky as an adult. Vicky Hauser, MD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave you with something really cute. Uh, it was uh, a person explaining something that happened at work. It's like, I'm fixing a notebook for a 70-year-old lady, maybe older, comes in, pays, and asks uh, about gaming-tier GPUs for her desktop. Little took aback, I inquire about the price range and what games, you know, Solitaire, Sudoku, puzzle <laughs> games. She's like, no, I play Assassin's Creed. Nice. Like, Whoa. Yeah. It's like, yes. You're like Assassin's Creed. It's like, yes, I love it. I play it on my grandson's console. I just love Venice. And she pauses and killing people. There you go. <laughs> Dude, I mean, the fact that she can work the controllers because Assassin's Creed is a beautiful, fun game. It's if a you complicated can get it. system. Yeah. See, I watch games on Twitch and like that. Not because I, you know, I, I, I can't play them. If I want to see any of these games beyond the opening screen, I have to watch other people play them. I, I know. I love it when like little old ladies are playing like just games, even if they're not super heavy or nerdy like that. Like my grandma's super obsessed with like those little app games. Oh. Oh, yeah. Or even like the coloring ones where you tap on, you can do the coloring. Like she's obsessed. Oh, nice. That's amazing. To the point where like we're worried about her finger. Because <laughs> she's getting carpal tunnel. Well, and that's, I mean, even my grandmother, she had at her house, she had a Sega Genesis, quote unquote, for the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anytime that the kids weren't there, the grandkids, yeah. she was playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, she's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, she was amazing. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.